Welcome to Monday Night Therapy, Todd. John. It's Monday night. I know. And I, I am completely unprepared for this show. Do you know why? Um, because you went fishing today. <laughs> no. It's because instead of looking up stuff about, like, I don't know what's going on with Husker football, I have spent part of my day studying the Ku Klux Klan. The you know why Ku that Klux is? Klan. The Ku Klux Klan. Because they were marching in Nashville this weekend or something like that? Because in 1924, they they tried to interrupt the Nebraska-Notre Dame game, and I'm trying to figure out how I can do – when you go back – you know, I'm doing this whole history thing, and it's the offseason. But when you go back in history, I think Nebraska and Notre Dame started playing in like 1911. By 1924, they had played an even series. Uh, you know, Nebraska was the only team to ever beat the four horsemen, and they beat them twice. But in 1924, uh, it was the last game in Lincoln, and the KKK tried to disrupt the game. And I'm trying to – how do you tell this whole story and not make a four-hour video? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, that's kind of interesting because I read a book not long ago about, oh, geez, now I'm drawing a blank on it, but in large part about how the power base of the KKK in that part of the century was in Indiana, i.e. It was, yes. You know, and yeah. Yeah. just massive, massive strength in that in that state. So, yeah. So. So. So I, I thought, yep. To uh, to you've been uh, attending live events. In, I have. You've I been have. attending live events as a credentialed media member. Yes. And uh, and just uh, let's all pause for a moment and think about what that entails. <laughs> <laughs> How was the food? Did they give you free food? We did not have free food, and uh, that was the only disappointment other than the result of a couple of ball games. That was the only disappointment with the trip. Uh, both Aaron and I uh, were really, really looking forward to a major league level buffet in the media room. But nope, we could buy a hot dog for two bucks and a slice of pizza for three. So, and all the water we could drink, but yeah. No, it, it was uh, it was it was a good weekend, John, and it was. Uh, um, was it really? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I drove down on Thursday, spent uh, Thursday night at my brother-in-law and his family's place in Lucas, Texas. Then I drove over and got to the ballpark at about nine thirty in Arlington. I'll tell you what, that place is massive. It is just, it is beyond humongous. I, I, I couldn't believe it. And um, yeah, they all, well, I, they I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to spend the, you know, the money that it takes to build a stadium these days, it might as well be, you know, an, a, a testament to humanity, like that giant sphere thing out in Las Vegas. Uh, well, we're all screaming. Uh, about hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's just, let's keep it on the down low on stadiums in Las Vegas. Okay. What? Just, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, 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 just, you know, Vegas is Vegas, baby. We're in, we're in Arlington. Okay. You're in Arlington. So Nebraska baseball started this weekend. We, we beat Baylor on Friday and then we lost the next two. Yes. And they, 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 they haven't fired the coaches yet, but I see the people think they should. Uh, you know, based upon something that was shared on Slack this morning, yeah. Um, I don't, you know, here's here's the deal. Um, with the exception of two innings, in 25 innings of baseball, Nebraska played very well. Um, you know, Aaron and I, in our preview articles, you know, leading up to this, uh, we both had expressed concerns about, you know, where's the pitching going to be at? And, you know, Nebraska didn't give up a walk in the first game and they didn't give up a walk in the second game until the, until I think the ninth inning, eighth or ninth inning. And, you know, that, that is tremendous improvement. They didn't hit a batter until the third game 
<laughs> and, you know, I can remember listening to the games out in San Diego last year, and it was just walk after walk after walk, and then they'd plunk somebody. And quite honestly, while the, the game against Texas Tech on, on Saturday was disappointing because Nebraska got beat in the ninth inning, based upon some walks, you know, and, and some timely hitting, uh, I still felt pretty good. But then going into Sunday, there was apprehension. Uh, Caleb Clark, you know, who was a guy I thought might be a weekend starter, um, you know, they brought him in last year with high accolades. Uh, they gave him an opportunity the first three weekends, and then he did not start on a weekend again. Kid's a left-hander from Canada. He's got great stuff um, when he's on. But he's got this eight or nine inches between his ears that he really has a struggle with, it appears. Because, like I said, when he's on, he's as good as they can get. But um, when he's off, and you can tell when he gets nervous. You know, this is how you can tell when a pitcher, especially left-handers, when, when, a, when a pitcher loses his confidence or he's scared, he has fear, he's pitching with fear, is when they're out there on the mound, they try half-ass pickoff moves. Ah, uh, yeah. Because they, 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 they aren't ready to throw the ball to the plate. And you could see that pick up uh, in that third inning with Caleb Clark. And lo and behold, what cost him, you know, the final straw was when he spun around and tried to – and had a pickoff throw to second base. The guy couldn't have been off the base four feet. And he spins around and throws it, and the ball hits the guy, rolls into short right field, and, and runs score. You know, I mean, it was just kind of indicative of, of where we were at. But um, – there's promise with this team. The, 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 the three teams they played are good quality baseball teams. Uh, they were competitive in every game. Need to see some more offense. You know, a lot of singles, only three or four extra base hits. Um, but they can run the bases. They've got a lot of speed. So from that standpoint, I've, I've, got, I've got optimism about the baseball team. I really do. Well, that's good because it's the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, duh, common sense says it's only been the first weekend. So, you know, when when some people think, you know, with doom and gloom and they're <laughs> saying fire the coach, oh, God, give me a break. Just give me – you know, I, I coached a decade of youth soccer, and I, I have always been thankful that my kids love soccer instead of baseball because I knew other guys that were coaching baseball, and their kids were growing up with my kids. And the amount of guys – I had never almost – well, very rarely had any parent ever come up to me and try to tell me what I was doing when I was coaching soccer. But the guys who coached baseball said they constantly had dads coming up to them and telling them what they were, they were doing wrong and coaching baseball and stuff like that. And I, I always thought it was kind of hilarious. You know. Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, Nebraska had a good crowd there. The only crowd bigger was Texas Tech. And, um, you know, you could, they, you could yeah. hear the crowd in the background. I listened to Greg Sharp and uh, it's Ben McLaughlin, right? Ben they, McLaughlin. they call a good game. I think that they're a very good pair to listen to. I almost never watch the games. I listen to uh, Greg and Ben on the Husker iPhone app. And, you know, that's I annoy my family and because, you know, in our house, you're supposed to like put on earbuds and I don't do that. Well, I'll tell you what, we were up in the rafters and, you know, we were looking down on the game. Um, so, I mean, there were some monitors up there, but um, it was really kind of tough to get, you know, to really hone in on the pitches and that type of thing. But um, it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, shoot. Did where that ball? Did you talk to some Big 12 media guys? You know, the only Big 12 guys that were really even close to us were some guys from Baylor, and they really didn't seem too talkative. The Tech guys were clear at the other end of the press box, really didn't have a chance. I talked to Tech guys at breakfast in the Holiday Inn Express, and, uh, you know, that's where all the wisdom is. You know, you want to find out what's going on 
You know, when you go to one of these weekend baseball events, six o'clock in the morning, you go down for coffee at the Holiday Inn Express. It's just like a bunch of farmers sitting around the elevator. And um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of wisdom there. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not real comfortable you know, wandering and I'm not a social animal like you, John, you know, I'm a little more introverted. So well, I think, uh, this, I, I think we need to get this one off the table right now. Okay. Charles, Hewlett, Charles Hewlett says, did you scarf down a Whataburger? Um, two, I had one on the drive down Thursday and the, the feature of Whataburger at this point in time, this time of year is the Dr. Pepper shake. And so I had, a Whataburger with cheese, and I had a large Dr. Pepper shake. And, I mean, that thing was a half-gallon damn near, the large Dr. Pepper shake. And then after the disappointment on Saturday night, after Texas Tech came back and, and beat us, I looked on my little navigator, and I found that there was a Whataburger not far away. So I drove over there, sat in the drive through lane for about 20 minutes, finally got my – Whataburger and a large Dr. Pepper shake. Drove back to the hotel, had to carry a few things in. I set my Whataburger in the sack on the trunk and I set my large Dr. Pepper shake on the trunk and son of a, son of a gun, the damn shake rolled off the trunk. Styrofoam cup. I had to think three times about whether or not I would get down on my hands and knees and start slurping shake off the asphalt. <laughs> I was so disappointed, but I was able, I got in the trunk. I found a, a plastic sack. I was able to save about a third of my Dr. Pepper shake. And you I know, got you it back. Go back and get another one. I didn't want to traffic down there sucks. Oh, I mean, yeah, it does. Yeah. It, is, it is not fun to drive around out here. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's take some comments. Uh, Charles Hullett says, I think John was at that 1915 game. He was referring to Nebraska Notre Dame starting to play in 1915. Maybe it was 1915. You know, I was there. I had to shimmy up a tree to watch the game. And uh, it was fine, fine, fine football back then. It was certainly fun. Husker Chuck says, John, tell us again about the first game at Memorial Stadium. How was the food? You know, the food was terrible because you had to bring your own. The only thing I'd done was I shot some squirrels earlier that day with a 22 and skinned them and just stuck a stick through them and roasted them on the fire, and they're greasy. I don't know if you've ever eaten squirrel, but it doesn't taste like chicken. <laughs> it, it, it tastes like it tastes like if you're in Blade Runner and they're serving you rat. You know what I mean? That kind of movie. That's what it's like. Uh, let's see. Aaron Ross Dabosky says, I wanted a Major League Baseball spread, damn it, for the food because he was there. Uh, we'll get to this one in a bit. <clears throat> Aaron says, again, most competitive opening weekend against Power 5 competition for Nebraska in maybe a decade. Do you agree with that? I would say so. I would say so. It, You know, again, it ultimately comes down to your record, you know, wins and losses. That what it's what it comes down to. But um, these were good teams. Uh, Texas Tech was ranked. Um, you know, Baylor's got tradition. Baylor's been down a little bit, but Baylor's got tradition. Um, Oklahoma will probably be ranked this week. They they were a good ball. Oklahoma won an extra innings game against Tennessee on right uh, on Saturday, and so you know it's. Um, uh, yeah, I again, I we'll see how things play out. You know, we got four games this coming week uh, down in Arizona against Grand Canyon. Um, you know, we'll see how things shake out. Then I'm, you know, here's the thing: um, baseball is a marathon. It is not right. a sprint, yeah. and unlike football, uh, you know not every game is the biggest game of the season. You know, it's not the most important game of the season. That's not to say that you want to throw them away. Right. But, you know, to lose two games in the beginning on the first weekend does not take you out of, of any content of contention for anything. 
Okay, a couple more. Uh, let's see. Fred Sacco says I would pay five coordination bucks and ten fleck bucks to see John coach. Well, you know, it's, I've gotten I've gotten calmer in my older age. <laughs> Plus, these were little kids for crying out loud. You couldn't scream stuff at them. I mean, you know, I, I think the first two years I was a yeller on the sidelines when I was coaching soccer. And then after that, you figure out if you're yelling at the kids and expected them to listen to you when they're playing soccer, which is a moving sport, I mean, you can't do this in basketball either. You can't do it in football either. But if you're yelling at them, they're paying attention to you. They're not figuring out in their mind what's going on on the field. So, you know, I did yell one thing consistently when my people tried to score little kids. I, maybe this is true for older kids too. When they kicked the ball, I mean, it's a 20 foot wide goal, right? They would always look at the goalie and they would kick the ball right at the goalie. And I would always tell them, look at the corner of the net, look where you're going to kick the ball. Look at the corner of the neck. Do not ever look at the goalie, you know, and I would constantly scream stuff like that at them. And then David Matney says, I would love to hear John Johnston pregame moto soccer speech to a bunch of fourth graders. You know, the parents didn't like it if you're swearing at their kids. I did the same thing in Boy Scouts. So, you know, I only swore at a kid once. I mean, really swore at him. His dad was standing next to me. <laughs> okay, here's what happened. We're in Cub Scouts, and a bigger Cub Scout is picking on like a five-year-old. So I got a nine-year-old kid or a 10-year-old kid picking on a five-year-old, and I mean, he's picking on him. And I looked at him, and I said, uh, name of child, what the fuck are you doing? And his dad's standing next to me, and he stopped what he was doing, and he turned, and his jaw dropped to the ground, and his dad was next to me. He was another leader, and he turned and went, John, and I went, well, he stopped. By the way, why is your son picking on a kid much smaller than him? which was the point of the thing. Anyway, <clears throat> okay. Boy, there's not, you know, somebody, I think, uh, last Monday brought up the idea that there is not a lot of football news, is there? No, I don't think there really is. I mean, Tom Chattel sat down with uh, Coach Rule, I think, for uh, <laughs> quite a while. It's gotten him three articles for the for the World Herald. He's got three articles out of there right now. So, um yeah, even even the the quote unquote mainstream media is having to work far hard to to keep Nebraska on the Nebraska football on the front page. Um, it's really. Let me ask you. Here's here's a football question, and maybe you guys talked about this last week, John. I was, I was, I was not in good shape last week. Um, are you surprised, John, that not one Nebraska player got invited to the combine? No, because everybody stayed. I mean, who, who would have got what? Quentin Newsom. Uh, I, you know, I just don't know. I guess I'm not shocked by it at all. And I don't think we should read into a lot of it. I think at this, you know what I think it is? I think at this point, we're out of streaks to be broken. You know what I mean? Nobody can write some sad article about, oh, no Nebraska player has been invited to the combine for the first time in 68 years because we broke all those streaks under that other guy that we got rid of. <laughs> Maybe that's a blessing. Maybe we just, you know, start over with the streaks. But I think that, uh, I mean, if you look at Nebraska's roster, and we really haven't done this, I haven't done it, we'll be doing it as time goes on. Uh, nobody left. Nobody left. I mean, you got probably guys that could have declared for the draft and they didn't leave. Well, you know, you know, and and really, when you think about it, the portal has been quiet for Nebraska, too. You know, yeah. and so I don't know. You know, sometimes boring is good. Uh, <laughs> you know, no news is good news, that type of thing. <laughs> oh, let's see. Yeah, I, I I think the thing that you read into that idea that nobody left is people still want to be a part of this program. They want to be a part of, you know, I mean, if you're a guy, okay, I suppose nut masher, <laughs> hot marker. I mean, you know, or him, Ty Robinson, they probably could have, I don't know, maybe been drafted. Their stock will go up. But let's just hypothetically say that. I think those guys are the guys that are looking at this and say, I'm not leaving until we wipe this not been to a bull streak off our, you know, off our record kind of thing. Um, 
I, there was a are you watching the comments at all yeah i am okay you, you have one up you haven't addressed yet oh did you talk about that I, one? I did i did talk about that one okay well then uh linda wilkins says there have been a couple of really great interviews with becca and is it josiah alec did i say that josiah, right yeah 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 um i saw it, i saw part of one of those i mean it's a good story um and if if you haven't had a chance to to watch those videos um pretty good i know that becca has been out uh, making some appearances throughout the state uh, i know she's been uh, at least to one small school um doing a presentation a speaking presentation there so uh, you know they, they, those they're hometown kids for the most part and it's it's tonight it's it's, it's a good family story it's a feel-good story um when what's you, it called when you, the, the place i might be i it's they're on youtube if you go to the huskers youtube channel uh, they released one today i thought it was pretty good i mean yeah. josiah alec doesn't have i he is not the most skilled basketball player but he plays his guts out and he's fun he to plays, watch he plays so hard and he you know he's he's a solid kid and it seems like he takes up more room than than yeah. his size you know i mean he's one of those kinds of players um, James Borman, you know, he, okay, James does recall the football news of the week. Corey Collier is no longer with the team. This was a, a kid that transferred in from Florida. Um, I think his stat line basically is he appeared in five games on special teams. Um, so, yes, uh, he, in fact, has, has gone. I don't know that um, there's anything, you know, I don't, I'm not sure where he's going or if he's going anywhere in particular um you know wait a minute the only thing that bothers me before we go on the only thing that bothers me about josiah alec is that sometimes he hits the floor so hard it hurts me and i already heard enough and that's there you go that's my comment on josiah uh david Manny says we have had a mass exodus of players of the portal under the last regime uh, that is a big difference between this one and last one now nobody wants to leave yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the roster happens, you know, around the spring game or after the spring game, things like that. Right. Uh, Love and Rockets, So Alive, wasn't that the name of their song? Yes, it was. I could sing it, but you don't want that right now. Well, hey, you know, here's another thing that let's let's talk about this real quick before we move on to what may end up being some deeper conversation. Um, wrestling team. Wrestling team had a duel against Penn State yesterday. Number one, yes. Penn State. Number and one, ass kicking hasn't lost a duel since 2019. Penn State. Penn State. Yeah. Who will probably have five national champions and maybe set a points record this year at the NCAA tournament. Arguably, arguably the best duel team in history. So um, I get a phone call from my dad as I'm driving down Interstate 35. And he says, are you watching this? And I said, well, a little hard to watch it when I'm in the car. And um, he told me that after four matches, Nebraska was ahead uh, 10 to 3. And I couldn't believe that. I said, well, what way did they start at? He said, well, 125. So Nebraska won three of the first four matches um, and got bonus points in one of them. Now, they only won – uh, one of the remaining six, so they won uh, four matches on the day. But they're the first team that has scored more than 10 points against Penn State this year. So, you know, a, a minor victory. But I think what it, what it is or what it, what it demonstrates is that, you know, it's not that long until the Big Ten tournament. And then after the Big Ten tournament, you've got the NCAA tournament. Um, I, think, I think Nebraska is positioning itself – very well for, you know, the, the end of the season run. And if everybody can stay healthy, um, you know, they might be able to be one of the podium teams and bring back a, a trophy uh, to Nebraska. So good job with the wrestling program this last weekend. Oh, okay. What else? You, what You said you were going to bring up something that had a lot of discussion or something. Well, you, you know, the, the whole women's basketball thing. Are you ready to talk about that? You want to take more questions? I need to, I need to get a, uh, something. Talk amongst yourselves for just 30 seconds. Uh, here, we'll go with this. David Matney says, 
at this point in the offseason, what do you think the chances are of going to a bowl game this year? I think Nebraska is going to be in a bowl game. I, I don't I don't have much question that they're going to be there. Um, you know, we, we have to temper. I think we, it's always important to temper expectations. But um, I have to believe that uh, their performance this year is going to be better than it was last year. And I, and, I was uh, just going to say the hell with a bowl game. We're going to the college football playoff. It's expanded to 12 teams. Okay. I'm not quite ready to ride that bandwagon yet, John. Now I'm exhausted. Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. So is this what you're talking about? Yeah. Charles Hellett says a former lady Husker is suing the university. Okay. Start talking, Mr. Talky guy. Well, it kind of it broke today that former – uh, Nebraska women's basketball player Ashley Scroggins is suing um, the university. I think she's suing Amy Williams and Trev Alberts as well as the university. Uh, this all, you know, took place what a, a couple of years ago um, when uh, it all blew up. A couple of years, maybe I don't. Know, however long ago it was, it all blew up on a road trip when um, a, a, apparently a bunch of players confronted uh, Ashley Scroggins about having an, a fling or an affair with a, a coach. Now, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. And if you want the details, at least as they are described in the lawsuit, uh, article in the Omaha World Herald lays it out pretty direct. But um, Ashley Scroggins was removed from the team and um, Coach um, uh, Love. Love was uh, – yeah, he initially was put on a paid leave, and then uh, he was, in fact, terminated. Uh, Chuck Love was what his name was. Um, you know, what What Ashley Scroggins is, is uh, at least alleging is that um, he was grooming her. Um, she was serving as an intern for him. I think that's kind of an interesting situation where a, a player, uh, as part of an academic program, is also interning. With a coach, I, you know, I, I don't, whatever, I guess I, I don't know if that's common or not. Um, but uh, so these allegations are out there. And of course, um, you know, shortly after, uh, you know, we find out about it in local media, um, you know, it's got ESPN attention right now. Um, you know, there was at one point where uh, Scroggins maintains that, um Nebraska wasn't willing, or I guess it's Scoggin, Scoggin. I keep putting an R in there. Um, she she alleged that Nebraska did not express much of an interest in investigating her claims until she uh, filed a Title IX suit, uh, which then that becomes serious business and that triggers a more serious approach. Um, but anyway, uh, those allegations are out there right now. Uh, to me, you know, I'm, I don't want to get into the, you know, who's right, who's wrong, you know, what's legit, what's not. Um, I just think it's a very unfortunate uh, distraction right now for uh, the women's basketball program. You know, here, you know, they've got their last, uh, they start their last homestead of the season Tuesday night against Northwestern. Uh, they're still battling to position themselves for the postseason. Um, you know, some of these players that are on the team right now were teammates of Ashley Scoggin. Um, and, you know, but Ashley Scoggin believes that she's been wronged, um, that uh, she was targeted. Uh, she was a victim and uh, she thinks that she uh, deserves justice, I guess. And um, so it's completely within her wherewithal, you know, to, to file a suit. So, um I guess we see how it all plays out. Well, I think Charles Hullett says uh, says it correctly. A coach-player dynamic supersedes the two consulting ident. Good God, a coach-player dynamic supersedes the two consenting adults aspects, similar to boss-subordinate relationship. And and that's right. I mean, you got to know when you're in a position of, well, honestly, power that you don't mess around with somebody who isn't 
And in the case of the university, there's going to be procedures that have to be followed that are probably written, you know, they're standard yep. or written up procedures. And if those procedures weren't followed, then the lawyers are going to give the Miss Scoggins some money. And if they aren't, well, realistically, it's all probably going to get settled out of court. But you get the idea. Yeah, it, it, she'll succeed if procedures weren't followed correctly. Um, you know, you have a player coach or a boss intern, either one of those situations, which is there's a power dynamic there. And, yeah. you know, whenever you have that kind of a situation um, that, you know, can put in play um, the use of that power against the subordinate. And um, if, uh, if the attorneys uh, can prove that procedures were not followed or if they can prove that there was negligence on behalf of any of the entities named in the lawsuit, then, then they can win. Um, but I'm with you, John. I think this gets settled out of court. Um, but then again, it's not like it's not like uh, Miss Scoggin, uh, her attorneys. You know, this isn't the first they've been in contact with the university, which makes me wonder what they're asking was initially. Um, you know, what is the university rejected up to this point? And um, it could very well become one of those situations of who blinks first. Um, but. You know, it's unfortunate that we're in this situation right now, and um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Oh my God, you guys in the comments making me laugh in inappropriate areas. Uh, Fred Sacco says, "Please don't sing, John. I can't do another. Always be winner, Herbie. You know uh, that I could. I think we should start a segment where I write an already AI." sponsored song every week and and we go through it about it you know you guys pick a subject and i'll have ai write a song about it and we'll could be part of the show what do, what do you think let me know in the comments uh nick Breyer on facebook asked does nebraska have a female wrestling team no no they don't um, how far away from having a female wrestling team i think it's a ways yet um you know, Nebraska has sanctioned high school girls wrestling. Um, right. It is a very popular sport in Nebraska. In fact, next year they're expanding the number of classes that they that they have. Um, but uh, the only there are only two Division One programs currently for women's wrestling. The University of Iowa has a team, of and course. and there's a there's a team. Like in Virginia, North Carolina, over somewhere over there, that's a Division One team, and I I can't remember the name. Um, but more schools continue to add, but uh, you know, in terms of traditional uh, Division One wrestling programs, uh, Iowa is the only one that has a team right now. It's another wrestling question. James Marshall says, Todd, do you think wrestling would be good training for football? I think, I think, I think wrestling is the best training for football. Why? Um, because it's, it's, it's a combat sport. It is, uh, it's a score. It's a sport that relies tremendously on balance and body awareness and um, leverage those are the same terms that are used to describe uh, blocking and tackling. Um, you hear it all the time. And I don't think that, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, also the sport of football has turned into a game of one-on-one -on -one matchups. Um, teams scheme, you know, towards the one-on-one -on -one matchup where that they think they can exploit. Um and, and quite honestly, I don't, I, I, there, there is not a sport um, that requires more mental toughness day in and day out than the sport of wrestling. And I just, I think it's the best uh, way to get ready uh, to play football. And um, I could have been, you know, in my younger days, back when I was coaching the sport, I would have said, no, I don't think wrestling is the best training for football. I think football is the best training for wrestling. 
get your priorities right. But uh, I've grown up. I've matured. You've matured? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What What's next, Todd? <laughs> You've been talking to me. How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to uh, keep up with the, um, I keep getting the, the, the comments. I mean, when do you see comments like this? What the hell? Are you, where does your brain go? Linda Wilkins says, hey, John, what did one droopy boob say to the other droopy boob? If we don't get some support around here soon, people are going to think we are nuts. My God. And then and then we're supposed to keep our minds on focus of like sports topics to talk about in February. Uh, and Vince that came from Linda and not Fred. I guess we got it. We're going to have to <laughs> rearrange our ranking system. Uh, okay. Uh, men's basketball beat the hell out of Penn State at home like they should. I, what do they have left, Todd? They have five games left, I think. The men's basketball oh. team. Their next yeah. game is Wednesday. Their next game is Wednesday against um, Indiana at Indiana. Right. Um, and and they get Minnesota at home. Yeah, I've, if I recall, somebody saying the the final stretch for the basketball team is not killer. Except I guess they they have. Um, where am I at? Okay, so then they got Minnesota at home. Yep. And then they're at Ohio State. Then they have Rutgers at home, and they finish at Michigan. So, you know, based upon, well, you can't. There's you cannot pencil up a road victory. So no, you know, uh, looks Ohio like they have Ohio State fired their basketball coach, and then they beat Purdue. Yeah, isn't that kind of wild? But that's another you know the can't win on the road thing in the Big Ten. So. Yeah, I, I I saw some people watching that game when I was getting off the elevator at the baseball stadium. Um, people in Texas were paying attention to the Purdue Ohio State game. So, are we out of topics? Um, I'm willing to talk about anything you want to, John. <laughs> oh my God! Okay. I, I we, oh my God, we're gonna have to rely on the commenters. Any questions from the commenters? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Anonymous says if a championship female wrestler has the nickname Fingers, there's probably more to the story. It is, uh, you know, it's also quiet in the, you know, where else is it's also quiet is in, uh, I really haven't seen anything in the past few days about, you know, lawsuits against the NCAA nil, you know, name image likeness. And, uh, and Fred Sacco says 39 minutes in John officially loses what's left of his mind. It was not a good mind today. You know, I, I, the mind got used up trying to learn Splunk. There you go. Uh, well, I saw a tweet earlier today that I thought about for a bit. What was your favorite season ever in Nebraska football? Huh? What was my I favorite think, season? Yeah, ever? your favorite ever okay. season in Nebraska football. Don't think, just think that pop no. the word out that comes to mind. The year that Nebraska, the year that uh, Turner Gill was the quarterback and they went for two in the Orange Bowl. I don't know what number that was. Was that 83, 84? Yeah. It was I, don't I don't know. I don't remember that. Yeah. Was that was my favorite explosion. Season. Really? Yeah. Well, that, 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 that football team was so dynamic. They were great. And, you know, the fact that I knew some of those guys, or at least, you know, um, yeah, I knew some of those guys, and you'd see some other ones around. I was on campus when that was happening. Um, that was just – that was an incredible football team to watch. And, you know, no, they didn't win a national championship, but, you know, that doesn't diminish for me um, the excitement of that season. I mean, that was that was an amazing uh, – that was an amazing season for me. That was your second year in Nebraska, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was my second year. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I that same thing for me. I think that watching Turner Gill in person was just uh, 
I I don't know if I said this for a while. It was watching ballet. It was literally he would never. He, I think he got sheep shotted once, but I think he he never got really hit hard. He was graceful in everything he did. The way he ran the offense was just it was smooth, man. I mean, it was like watching music on the field. And then you know they'd go for two decision in Miami and things like that. Um, Wow, there's got to be some other ones. I noticed Don Dre said 1971. And, uh, you know, 1971, what was it? Three of the big eight ended up in the top three? Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, yeah Nebraska, Colorado, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Charles Hullett says Jeff Smith was on my dorm floor. He was the intended receiver of that two-point conversions. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought you were younger, Charles. Then I, you know, anymore, I think everybody's younger than me, except for Don Dre there. Don's uh, my age. He is. Paul, <laughs> Paul Dalen comes in with uh, nil is money laundering. Come on, Paul. Come on with a different subject. <laughs> He's trying to help, John. He's just trying to well, help. Well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Linda Wilkins says, John was a keystone smooth. You know, it what's that? I think the beer commercial at the time that that was going on was rain your beer. Yeah. Uh, Keystone didn't come around until a little while later. Uh, it was a Keith, the Keystone guy or something like that. Mike Corrigan. Whoops. I missed it. Mike Corrigan says Gill's throwing motion on sprint outs. They, yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, yeah. hold on a second. 1982 and 1983 were awesome. Best team in the country both years. Remember in 1982, we got screwed at Penn State. I have to live with that all the time because a guy worked. In fact, I'll probably have to live with that tomorrow because tomorrow I go to my customer site and I'm guessing that the first thing I'm going to see when I walk into his office is him playing that fucking play from 1982 because it's on YouTube and he plays it incessantly for me when we got screwed by that catch at the end that was out of bounds. I missed some in here. 1983. Somebody said 90. Okay. Tiger shark diver says 94. Yeah. Which, you know, there were some good years. Here's a question. You're, oh. you, you, you can, Nick Breyer says uh, for men's basketball, do you feel Wisconsin is ranked too high? I mean, Creighton looks so much better and are ranked like number 17. Um, well, Wisconsin has gone on a – we broke Wisconsin. After we beat them, uh, they just went on a losing streak. You know, and here's, the, here's something interesting. They lost to Iowa in overtime. They almost had that game one, and they lost to Iowa in overtime, and that was Iowa's first quad one win. And I don't know how many Nebraska has, but I want to say, like, we have four – Four quad one wins, but I, I was surprised at the fact that that was Iowa's first quad one win over Wisconsin. But Wisconsin, you know, I think if you look at the Big Ten right now, if you're a guy that ranks stuff, like, you know, years I did rankings for the top 25 and stuff like that. Remember we had the blog poll years ago where a lot of blogs get together and we put out our own polls. Uh, you'd normally look at rankings you go you know really three or four big 10 teams should be ranked because it is one of the tougher basketball conferences so they look at it and they go ah wisconsin and then they just throw them in there cuz the rankings really i mean in basketball they don't mean that much because they're all going to get picked for attorney anyway and then it's going to get sorted out in a giant attorney that i've heard that they've talking about expanding which is ridiculous, but you know, they need more money. So that's how that's the solution to everything is expansion. Uh, but you know, the rankings give us something to talk about. That's what they're there for. Brand, whoop. Better, I missed that one going too fast. Brandon Stiver says Wisconsin is ranked too high. Illinois is clearly the number two team in the conference. God, I hate Illinois. The Big Ten is, as a whole, is going to get stomped come tourney time. Brandon, maybe they'll be battle hardened, and they'll they'll be I, good. I don't know. John, what? Guaranteed says the discussion is wandering more than John during Monday night therapy streams. 
Oh, he must be talking about the chat discussion. Yeah, it is a pretty wandering night. Uh, David Batten, he says, who's on the Husker Mount Rushmore players only? Who would you put on? Who, who would you put oh on my the Mount, God. Rush, Mount Rushmore players only? And Dominican Sue. You got four. Yeah, well, that was one. Then you pick one. Well, I had I had an Adamican Sue. Tommy Frazier. Well, Tommy Frazier has to be there. We had to pick the same four. <laughs> Dave Remington. Well, my God, that's a good one, Dave Remington. Yeah, probably. Well, you picked that one, so I'll pick Mike Rozier. Yeah. I could go with that. Yeah. And then who yeah. else? That's four. Is it? I only picked three. I picked Ndamukong Sue, Tommy Frazier, and Mike Rozier, and Dave Remington. I'm That's going to expand Mount Rushmore, and I'm going to pick Bob Brown. <laughs> you know what we just did? You know what we just did? We made a list for old people by old people. <laughs> we didn't pick. Okay, we picked. Look at that list. Charles Hewlett says Guy Chamberlain, Ed Weir, and Dominican Sue, Johnny Rogers. Um, well, I, th th that's an older list than me. It is. <laughs> so, uh, I, Phil, Spear goes, Phil Spears got uh, Turner Gill in there. Yeah. I, you know, I, I would put who I think, you know, are the, in my opinion, the four we named are the four best Huskers or the most significant Huskers. If I put the Rushmore, the, the players that I really liked and that I really wanted to see up there, um, I would go with Gill. I'd go with Tom Rathman. I would go with Indomitian Sue and uh, probably Tommy Frazier. But Why would you pick Tom Rathman? I, I love Tom Rathman. Tom Rathman <laughs> – Tom Rathman is one it of my... It was the violence we committed when we heard his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 My two my two favorite Nebraska players of all time are Turner Gill and Tom Rathman. Wistrom, yeah. Yeah. Nick Breyer says Grant Wistrom on the mountain. You know, there are a lot of great players over the years, so when you do these things, you probably have to, you know, like in the last 20 years, if you said in the last 20 years... Husker Chuck comes up with Bobby Reynolds, Mike Rozier, Johnny Rogers, and Tommy Frazier. You know, you can't argue with that. I mean. Oh, I missed it. I, there you go. Okay, there you go. Mike Corgan has, uh, yeah, this comments are doing, they're too fast for me. I'm missing it. Mike Corgan says Dean Steinkuller. That's a good choice. Yep. Can't, can't argue with that either. How about this one? Anonymous says Nebraska went 38-0 in games that Brooke Berenger played in. Hard to beat that. And Well, that's, that is that's true. That's a stat I've never seen before. Fred Sacco has Tom Novak, Steinkuller, Frazier, and Sue. Do people like do any do it? Do you people know who Tom Novak is? Say in the comments. Yes, no. I know who Tom can yes, no. Answer that. Do you know who Tom Novak is? We're waiting. We're waiting. Uh, Husker Chuck says train wreck. Train wreck. Uh, Tom Novak. Tom, Tom train wreck. Novak. Yep. Uh, David Manny says no. Tiger Shark Diver says no. Paul Balin says yes. Aaron Paul Dalen says, says yes. Rob Adopty. Uh, Phil Spear says yeah, he was a badass. Uh There are four teammates of Tom Novak that have a Wikipedia page, yet Tom Novak doesn't. I did not know that, that he did not have a uh, Wikipedia page. Tom Novak was I, the first retired. His number is actually retired if I, if it's 50, right? Yeah, I 60. think you're right. Okay, Tom Novak played at a time when Nebraska was truly terrible at football. Here's what happened. World War II came along. You know, and one of my subjects for my History Channel thing is at some point is going to be what happened to college football during World War II. Well, in a nutshell, here's what happened. 
if your college was part of like the army training or the armed services training, then you still had a football team. If it was not part of the armed services training stuff, you didn't have a football team. In fact, you can go back in the Nebraska yearbook, I think in 1943, and there's the line that says, uh, basically all we had was four Fs playing for us. And with four Fs were guys who were not fit for military service, uh, typically because of some physical disability. So after the World War II years, what happens to Nebraska is all the men are gone. And they didn't come back to Nebraska after they came back from World War II. Typically, they went to other places. You know, it's the same brain drain that's been going on for years. Nebraska spent about, well, from World War II up until Bob Devaney not being very good at, well, being pretty terrible at football. Tom Novak played from, I think it was uh, 1946 to 1949, four years in there where he was uh, – I think he was uh, All-American all four years. His number was retired. He was known by everybody. He was known as being the toughest son of a bitch to ever play football. I remember reading a story about how he broke his ribs. And he went to the sideline and had somebody push his ribs back into place. And then he went back out and kept playing football. That's a guy that has to have some kind of physical impairment with his brain. Because I tell you, they broke my ribs when they did CPR when I died. It sucks. It hurts to breathe. I mean, it doesn't hurt just a little. It hurts a lot to breathe with broken ribs. So that's Tom Novak. I probably should do a video about him sometime. But he was, uh, he, there is an annual uh, award that the Nebraska football team, right. maybe they, do they still have that? Yeah, they do. Thank God, because we'd have to protest or riot. We're just looking for reasons now. You know, we, there's no drama around this football program, and there needs to be. But there is an annual award, Tom Novak Award, for the toughest Husker. So there you go. That's who, in a nutshell, that's who Tom Novak is. Thank you for clearing that up, John. Uh -huh. Learn something. Now I'm, now I'm tired. You go ahead. I go ahead. <laughs> well. <laughs> You, you know, I really think this is the first time we've really bombed out this early, John. Well, I didn't, I didn't sleep last night, so you know it was. Uh, it's been stressful lately. Aaron Keen says John is going to make a riot robe. I bet that would be geriatrics for something. That's what it would be about. <laughs> That's not what I want. Uh, <laughs> Husker Chuck says other jerseys have been retired, but Tom Novak's number 60 is the only one that has never been worn since. I didn't know that. See, no, most of the time what they do is they retire a jersey. In other words, they don't retire the number. And I, if I remember he serves, Tom and Novak's number is the only number that is retired at Nebraska. Because, I mean, if you kept retiring numbers, then you'd have a problem. Fred Sacco says John's going to make coordination flying squirrel robes available soon. Well, no, because they're greasy and they don't taste like chicken. Apparently, uh, Linda does not agree that we've bombed out. Before. Apparently, we have bombed out this early before. So, um, what? Whiskey Tango Foxtrot comes in and says, John, all I know is that my team beat your team in basketball. On my birthday, December 11th in 2021, and I had just had to comment since you brought up CPR. Okay. I'm, I'm now I'm confused utterly. Don Dre says World War II sent Nebraska football into a tailspin. It really did. You know, and there's never really been hardly anything written about this. And I think that's very interesting. You know, it's almost like saying the only stories we want to hear about are the glory stories. And I get that. Those are the books that sell. Every year there's a national champion. And every book there's book, every year that there's a national champion, there's books that come out about it. Although, having said that, have you seen anything about the national champion Michigan book coming out by Jim Harbaugh? No, I haven't. N neither have I. Neither have I. Because you'd think. 
that's when coaches usually cash in and they write like they're, you know, here's how I became a coach kind of thing. And, and then they just sell it. And it's usually really gooey. Urban Meyer, I remember reading his book and thinking, God, this is just dripping with goo. And uh, there you go. <clears throat> okay. Fred Sacco says, then Steve Peterson said, hey, World War II, hold my beer, that prick. That is that <laughs> true. <sighs> oh, my gosh. No, Riola is retired. Well, I think the older Riola is retired because he's used up his eligibility, and we have a new one coming in. Which, what did I see about him recently? No, it's it's stuff I shouldn't talk about. That's what it is. Okay. Oscar Chuck said Nebraska had a losing season in 1938, only their third ever. That true team grew into the Rose Bowl team that ended the first chapter of Nebraska football. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, the energy is just flying. It's just flying everywhere. Uh, one of the other videos I've been looking at doing coming up for the history thing is 1915 Nebraska, why we never claimed that as a national title. Do you know why, Todd? I didn't even know that we could. Yeah, we probably could, actually. We could. I think uh, – it's recognized as a national title by nationally. You know, I, a lot of those aren't, but we probably could recognize it a national title. I haven't done that video. Uh, you know, Husker Chuck says we should. Do you know why we should, Todd? Why should we? Because then we could tell them fucking people from Iowa, six national titles. You know what I mean? The whole five national title things getting a bit old. We just go, bam. Six national titles. Well, have you guys ever won anything besides wrestling? And the answer would be no by then. Uh, <laughs> have we made Have we made fun of uh, Texas yet? Uh, I we haven't, uh, but I I did enjoy a couple of experiences with that when I was at the baseball tournament. Um, oh, tell us, tell us well, the final story between between innings. You know how the camera kind of pans the crowd and whatnot and there was a there was a Baylor fan sitting there kind of like this and the um and the camera panned on him and he immediately just goes like that you know without even thinking it was horns down you know I mean it was just a reaction and uh then uh like I said when I was having coffee Saturday morning that that guy from Texas Tech just absolutely shredded him. Um, I did remark to my buddy. We went out last night to a brewery and had some had had some tacos and had some of their brew. And and um, when I was kind of getting the second round and going back to where we were sitting, this whole family comes through the door, all decked out in burnt orange. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then, "Oh yeah, I'm in Austin, Texas." So I suppose you know you're gonna bounce into a few of them. So. Linda Wilkins says, good night, John and Todd. Great show tonight. Very entertaining. Thank you very much because I uh, really just kind of, oh, my God, we've waited. Well, for three I don't know how we would have made it without the saggy boob joke. That's <laughs> true. Michael Morris says, I've got a question, John. I'm a Notre Dame fan. But I often wonder, do you think Nebraska should have gone to the SEC instead of the Big Ten? Uh, no. no, I don't. I don't think we have anything in common with the SEC. I mean, years ago, we tried to join the Big Ten, and we were not allowed to join the Big Ten. Uh, Notre By the way, the, the video I did about the 1913 Notre Dame Army game, it went. it's got like 80-some thousand views or some damn thing, and I got so much shit from people because throughout the video I say Notre Dame instead of Notre Dame or Notre Dame, and God, oh my God. So I had to learn how to speak properly. So N N Notre Dame, no Notre Dame, Domer guy. Uh, you know, we just don't have anything co in common with the SEC. 
you know, and I hate to bring this up, but let's face it. The SEC is mostly the Confederacy. You know, they are. If you go back, I'm the history guy. I look at it from that standpoint. There's not, we have nothing in common with that. So, you know, it's just, you know, they, they can have their groups of schools and we'll, I think we belong in the big 10. I know there's some people in the big 10 that look at us and think we're, our academics are terrible, but, um, I, I don't know if we included uh, University of Nebraska Medical Center, that'd probably go up quite a ways, but uh, there you go. James Marshall says, how well could Nebraska do as an independent? Not good. And the reason why is not because uh, we're not faithful, or was, but we just don't have the numbers. I mean, there's 1.8 million people in Nebraska. There's probably 1.8 million people that attend Ohio State University. I mean, if if you look at the size of Nebraska's university compared to like other schools in the Big Ten, uh, we're not very big, and we do not have a big population. We watch more sports when it comes to everything, probably than anybody else. But I, uh, nobody would just give us the money that it's going to be needed to compete going forward. We couldn't do it without Big Ten TV money. Yeah. I think it's collectively a good conference. I think, you know, I'm I'm happy we're there. I think the sports are more competitive. I think they're funner to watch. I'm not trying to put down the Big 12. Yes, I am there. They had Texas, fuck them. So, you know, it's it's a good place to be in the Big 10. So there you go. Ah, okay. Anything else, Todd? I can't think of anything. <laughs> We 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 kind of we kind of feathered this to the end the last one. We minutes. did, we did. Which which brings up one more thing. Have you seen Masters of the Air? I've been watching it. Yes. You have you? Okay. I was going to say it's required viewing for people our age that are male. You know, if you're it not is, smoking meats, you're supposed to be watching World War II shit. It is, it is. It is excellent. It is very well done. It it puts a perspective on that part of the war that I really hadn't been able to, to visualize. I mean, you know, we, we knew anybody that's a half-ass, you know, student of world war two knows how incredibly important the, uh, the war in the air was. But um, I read a bit about the people who, you know, were primarily responsible for putting that. That's been 10 years in the making. And they said, they could finally film it because they finally had the technology available to them so that they could give an accurate representation of what it was like when those guys were, in fact, up in the air in those B-17s. Um, to me, it's horrifying. It I, is I, horrifying. It is, it is absolutely horrifying. I mean, there's no have aspect been, of Go ahead. Have you ever been in a BSC 17 um, I have been up close to a B-17. I've never actually gotten in one, but I've I've walked around them. I've poked my head in through the hatch in the bottom and that type of thing. But no, I've never. They are very cramped. I mean, when you see, you kind of get the idea when you're looking at them, when you see them in a movie, they go, wow, that must be a huge airplane. But when you get inside one of those, uh, I, I hate to use the reference, but it's like a giant coffin. <laughs> it's really not very much room to move around and things like that. And it's, it's, it is not a real big aircraft. Paul Dalen says my grandpa flew B 17s in the air force, uh, in the eighth, excuse me. And then he follows up and says he refused to talk about it. Um, absolutely. Hey, after watching what I've seen before, um, but horrifying, just horrifying. Yeah. Well, they got slaughtered. They got slaughtered until their air cover. They got slaughtered until what was it, the P fifty ones came along and had sufficient, uh, you know, distance so they could actually provide them with cover from fighters. And that was later in the war. I think nineteen forty four, late nineteen forty three. Uh, I don't know. I thought. I thought. It, I don't think it's as good as Band of Brothers. I think the first two episodes, what did I say to Heidi? I said, you know, they'd be masters of the air if they spent more time in the air. And now they're spending a lot more time in the air. And uh, I won't ruin it for everybody. If you go out on the internet, you see spoilers all over the place. But uh, it was, uh, it's, it's been interesting. It's been fun watching. Okay. Yeah. 
they brought all those B-17s home. I mean, toward the end of the war, they were flying a thousand plane raids, so they had thousands of them. They brought them all home and they scrapped them all. So that's why there aren't, you know, that's why you have to use CGI. You're not going to go build some B-17s to fly around. You can dress a bunch of guys up and, and build fortifications, fake fortifications on a beach and have them run through fake machine gun fire, but you really can't just put B-17s in the air and fake that, so they have to do CGI for that. There you go. I think that's enough, isn't it? I think it is. I'm worn out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good night, Todd. Good night, John. Good night, everybody. Thanks for being here. Esther needs to go out.